uh, they saw me as Brother Steve. I look back to my ministry, and uh, they've all played a pivotal part in one way or another. Uh, first mission trip I guess I went to was Colorado and tore my britches out working on the church. Brother Steve was that. I didn't care to show my underwear. The roof was steep. And that don't seem like it was just yesterday. But you know the truth of the matter, we all pass the torch along. And since that time, I can name numerous preachers that's went on to be with the Lord. And that's what we're doing. We're passing the torch to a younger man. And he's to carry that message until Jesus comes. We may not be here, but he may be. And uh, that's our job. If you have your Bibles tonight, I'm going to... Oh, I was asked to preach fast. I preach fast. I don't know about that means I'll preach short. Uh, there's a difference, okay? Um, so it's hard to preach fast. It's difficult to preach short sometimes. Uh, I would like to look in the Bible, if, if you have your copy of the Word of God with you, to the book of Second Timothy, the book of Second Timothy, chapter number 4. You said, why do you do this? Well, I believe that we are to, we are to challenge any young preacher. Occasionally, us older preachers need to be challenged as well. We need to be challenged by, by, by the Word of God. And uh, Paul said, I charge thee therefore before God. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, he said, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and at his kingdom. What a statement. He, he said, preach the Word. Be instant in season, out of season, to reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but heat to them, or excuse me, but after their own lust shall they heat to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course, and I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. But now listen to this, what he says. Not only is he giving it to the Apostle Paul, I want you to sort of notice this, Brother Joseph, but uh, not to me only, but unto all them also, Love his appearing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. I'm thankful that it's real. I'm thankful we can stand and proclaim your truths. You're the very eternal word of God. And I pray tonight that you would challenge our hearts as preachers and pastors, as church members. God, may we look to you tonight. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And I will try to be just as quick as possible, but I, want, I, I don't want to rush preaching as well. In 2 Timothy chapter number 3, it's amazing. Paul gives instruction to young Timothy how to handle and how to live during perilous times. The things he is to do. And he basically tells three things to Timothy. You can read it. It's very descriptive, I think, of the age in which we live today, Joseph. So I think it would be a good, uh, good example for, for you, good example for me. The first thing he says is to follow the right patterns. He tells in verses 5 and through verses 5 through 10, he talks about his ministry. He talks about looking to the things he did, how he endured uh, troubles and afflictions, and, and how he dealt with uh, certain issues. And, and so there is that challenge. May I say to you, you've had a life for, lifetime of examples to look to. 
You have a lot of good patterns to look to. You have, you've been brought up in a family that loves the Lord. You've been brought up in, in a fine church here at Mount Hebron. You have some of the finest family members I could possibly, I mean, anybody could possibly ever wish for. He's got aunts and uncles and some of his uncles that may not even preach. I'm telling you, man, they put a preacher to shame when it comes to the Bible. And so he has patterns that he can look to. But not only did Paul say you look to the right patterns, he said you're to follow the right person. And I like what the, the Apostle Paul says in, in, in verse number 12 of that chapter. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus, what shall suffer persecution? If you're living godly, you'll suffer persecution. If you're not living godly, you probably, if you're not suffering persecution, you're probably not living godly. Preacher told me one time, he said, they mention your name, they ought to want to pucker or duck. Amen? Some people's going to like you, some are not. So what? That's life. Be what God has called you to be. you got the right patterns, but you're also to follow the right person. You're not to be worried about following any man. You follow the Lord. People going to love you. Some going to hate you, but it doesn't matter. You follow the Lord. Now, he goes on and says that you have to follow the right plan. And boy, you say, well, what is that plan? He said that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scripture, which able to make you wise unto salvation. And he said, through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, I like what he says, all Scripture, A-double-L, Every bit of it is given by inspiration of God. I mean, from Genesis to Revelation. Be so dumb when they say it's genuine leather. Believe that too. Amen? I mean, just believe the Bible. When God's Word says it, that settles it. Amen? Let it be your final authority. Let it speak for you because it is profitable for doctrine, for teaching. It's profitable for reproof and for correction and instruction in righteousness. And it says here, it's very key, that the man of God may be perfect, uh, truly Furnished unto all good works. The Bible contains everything you need for ministry. It contains everything you need for life. It needs every application you can find needs to come from the Word of God. Now, I will say, when seeking advice, it's always good to try to seek advice from a professional. If I, if I want to try to figure out how to do plumbing, I don't run and ask my son. I try to find a plumber. If if I want to learn how to do electricity, I don't run and ask for Larry. He can probably tell you the time we took a chainsaw trying to cut out a floor and I cut through the, the electric. You remember that? This is one that's by the grace of God we're both still here. Amen? He said, go cut the breaker off. I said, all right, I cut it off. He wired it together, and when he got the last wire together, the electric come back on. Amen? God watching over us, that's all i got to say. And so... I, if there's electricity to be done, uh, I need electrician. I need somebody that's a professional. Now, I will say to you, there's nobody more qualified to give a charge to preachers than the Apostle Paul. There's nobody more qualified than him. So we come to chapter 4, and he gives a charge to service. He said, yes, the world's crazy. Here's what you do. You've got the right patterns. You've got, you've got the right people to follow. You've got the right plan to follow. But I want you to understand there's some things that you need to do. Listen, and I want you, he gives the key to success in ministry and being the man of God. The man of God. That is what a title that is to be called the man of God. The keys to success. Now I want you to think about this. He didn't say anything about big buildings. He didn't say anything about crowds. He didn't say anything about degrees. He didn't say anything about statistics. He didn't say anything about the numbers of baptisms. He didn't talk about whether the preacher brothers liked you or they didn't like you. He didn't talk about whether you got recognition in certain circles. He didn't say that. But, but here's what you look on, on uh, in the Scriptures, what Paul does saying. 
equates success on being faithful to the Word of God. Now, Jesus equated success in John 13, 17 on service and obedience. Now, I say to you, there's no place you'll find uh, a greater success than being obedient and being a servant to others. That is the mark of success in a person's life and in, in the ministry's life. So, I want you to understand that being successful, Joseph, don't mean that you, your church grows faster than another church. It don't mean that your church is bigger than another church. Your success is staying by the stuff and being obedient to what God has called you to be and be a servant to those people whom God has called you to love. Now, I want you to understand, you can talk about being the man of God. I want you to notice the mark of his message in his preaching. You look in verse number 2. He says, preach the word. I like that. Preach the word. He didn't say about getting some magazine. He didn't say just even preaching a commentary. I like commentaries. I read them. And I study books. I read other sermons. I read everything I can get my hands on. But he said when it comes time to preach, you preach the Word. That's pretty good, isn't it? Now I want you to understand the Word of God will stand when the world is on fire. The Word of God is forever settled in heaven. Man, I want you to understand, if you stick by the book, you can't go wrong. It's pretty simple. You just stay by the stuff. Listen, you don't need to major on the minors. Amen? And minor on the majors. You preach the Word. Then you say, Brother Grant, you believe that? Yes, the Bible will never, never fail you. You stay by the Bible, I've got news for you, you're on the winning side. You're on the winning side. You, you, you can't lose. Now I want you to think about what, what 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, I love this verse. It says, study to show yourself approved unto God. You don't study to try to impress a bunch of preachers. You don't study to try to impress your congregation and make your congregation love you. You study to get God approval. You get God approval, you really don't need my approval. You don't need the approval of any of these men right here. And I love them. They don't, you don't need their approval if you get God approval on what you're preaching. You don't need approval, at least this association or a bunch of group of independent Baptists. You don't need it of anybody out there. If you get God approval, you can stand up and preach without apology, look somebody in the eye, and not back down. Man, I've entered, and these preachers, I, if them's honest, they've entered into the pulpit scared before. You ever done that, preachers? Come on. I have. I've got up in the pulpit scared. No one can preach. And before I get into it, the Spirit of God come over me. Listen, as old saying, you charge hell with a water pistol, amen. Hey, i got news for you. The Spirit of God will enable you to do and become what God wants you to be. The Word of God, Brother Larry, so me many times does the work of God, and I believe it. Man, I, I see what we need to get back to is just preaching this book. We don't need to preach this. We don't need to preach about the book. And by the way, I'm just going to say this because it's kind of a pet peeve of mine. I see people all the time find a little verse, gather a little thought, and then they jump here, there, and everywhere. That's nonsense. Paul said, preach the Word. Amen. Get you a text, tear it apart, study it, dissect it, break it down, put it back together, and preach that thing. Amen. That's what God has called us to do. But I believe we need to get back to that old, old time preaching. That's what Paul wanted. He wanted us to shut the corn off the Word of God. Amen. Get with it. And so I'm going to say to you, the Word of God must be your final authority. Listen, I want to tell you one of the hallmarks of the Baptist through the history was the sole authority of Scripture. It wasn't. The opinions, what, what people thought. We got our answer. People say, why do you believe that? The Bible says so. Huh? Bible says so. Well, what do you think about that? Don't remember what I think. The Bible says so. Huh? All scriptures given by inspiration of God. He says, study to show thyself approved unto God. 
That's what he said. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Listen to me. You don't need to be ashamed. You say, he said, rightly dividing the word of truth. Listen to me. If it can be rightly divided, it can be wrongly divided. Just like a carpenter. He can cut a two by four too short, or he can cut it too long. May I say to you, you can mess it up both ways. You know what Paul told, or not Paul, but uh, God told, if you go back to the book of Joshua, he said, you stay by the book, you don't stray to the right hand or to the left. Now I'm just going to give you a little bit of Grant Hardwick theology here. You know what he said? You don't go too far to the right with it, you don't go too far to the left with it. If you can mess it up, you know what the problem some of us preachers are? Don't tell us, amen? Because I went through a year. I thought the guy that was most conservative was the closest to God, but that's why. Oh, Pharisees considered Jesus a liberal. Huh? Sadducees thought he was an ultra-conservative. But if you stay by the book, I've got news for you. You're going to have enemies on both sides. Just stay by the book. You're going to have people mad. I tell referees this. Amen? That's what I say. You can go out in the game and you can let everything go and everybody's going to be mad at you. Or you can blow the whistle and keep people from getting mad and getting in fight. And they're going to be mad at you. Either way, people are going to be mad at you. So do your job. Amen? You make people mad, do your job. Stay by the book. Preach that thing without apology. Stay by it. Listen, that's what God has called us to do. I believe that we ought to do it. And, and just just go go at it, brother. I, I mean, just just get after it. Now, I will tell you, it's one of the greatest needs we have. We've tried gimmicks. We, we've tried to play on acts. We, we, we have got to a place where we try to mimic the type of, of worship that the world finds at the honky-tonks. Amen. Come on. That's what we've done to try to draw crowds. We've tried big personalities, right? Big personalities. Listen, it never takes place preaching the Bible. We, we've talked about, we've got into programs. Listen, i got news for you. We need to get back and preach the Word of God. Don't worry about impressing. Don't worry about being a scholar, a theologian. Don't worry about that. We need more thus saith the Word of God in the pulpit. We don't need little lectures. We don't need little sermonettes. We need Bible messages from the Word of God. No, no guy one time said this way we ought to preach. He said we ought to preach like the church house is on fire. Hell is at the front door and the devil's climbing in the back window. That's how we ought to preach. We ought to preach with some passion in our preaching. You want me to tell you why we don't often preach with passion? Because we don't believe it. But Joseph, I charge you before God, you preach your heart out, brother. You preach your heart out because you believe it. You be persuaded in what you have studied. You be convinced that, and you'll not back down. You say, this is what God's Word says. Here it is. I don't for you. You don't have to run from nothing when you're there. That's what we're to do. Man, you see his preaching there. And, and, and listen, you, you go back in the Word of God and what he said, be instant in season, out of season. Some people think that's like instant coffee. I don't believe that's what it's talking about. But maybe in the idea of instant, we ought to be prepared to preach. But now here's where he said, in season, out of season. You know, sometimes, I don't have a wireless, something being good. Sometimes, listen to me, what we're going to preach, people going to like it. Sometimes we're going to show up and preach it, they're not going to like it. Listen, we've got to preach the truth regardless whether they like it or whether they don't. I mean, we just preach it, amen. Listen to me, I'm not trying to be ugly. I don't want to make enemies because of my disposition, but because of my position, I'm willing to break ways with some brothers, Amen. Now, I believe that. And that's what Paul, listen, you be instant, in season, and out of season. He says you reprove. In other words, you bring conviction about things that are wrong, and then you reprove, you rebuke. You try to correct and show people the faulty, faultiness of some of their judgments and the things they're doing. Listen, it, being a preacher is not for a sissy. I know people think that. It's not. 
is it takes courage to stand and say this is what the Bible says and try to find that balance. But not only that, you're to be an encourager. He says exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Man, I want you to understand, dear friend, you are to be an encourager. How do you do that? You use the Word of God. It ain't based on uh, on your knowledge. It's not based on, on what you know. It's not based on some witty thing you can say. It's not something you picked up from Dr. Field. It's not something from some psychologist's journal, some magazine that says this is how modern Christians are to treat and react to certain problems. You give them the Word of God, amen, and that's what you're doing to encourage them to do right. Let me say this. I, I Not only do we, we reprove, we rebuke, you exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, but I, as, as an encourager, man, I, I believe that not only we have thunder against sin, but we are to love people. We are to love people. Listen, I, I believe as, as God's people, not only do we need to look at, at his preaching, but I, I believe we ought to and think about his passion, but think about his patience. Now, you're in verse 3. The Bible says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. What it says. I believe we're there this day and age. People don't like it. They will not endure sound doctrine, but now what they're going to do, they're going to find them some teachers to teach what they, they want after their own lust, the Bible says. What they want to hear. What they what pleases the flesh. After their own lust. They shall heat to themselves teachers having itching ears. Man, I want you to understand, there's going to be people that be God's messenger. If you preach the word of God, don't be surprised that some will walk away from you or some people will try to run over you. Huh? Don't, don't be surprised with that. But you know what I found? The majority of people that are God's people will love you. The majority of them will. So don't get discouraged. I'd rather have the majority. Bethany, you're going to hear things sometimes. People are going to say things against him. Man, it's going to be tough. You want to claw their eyeballs out. Amen? But you know what you got to do? You got to be patient. You got to love people. Now sometimes that, that's difficult. Now you got the Bible says that you're to have long suffering. Now I want you to say it's difficult. You're preaching to people. They're going to determine how much money you're going to get. They're going to determine where you live. Sometimes, sometimes they're going to determine what size vehicle you, you go around in, and and maybe even whether your kids have shoes or whatever. You say, what am I going to do? You just keep preaching the word, huh? Listen to me. I got news. God take care of you. God will take care of you. you. Listen, you ain't working. By the way, you don't necessarily work for the church. You work for God. You, if you're called to God, that ministry is something God has given you. They can't take away. Amen. And I, I just believe you ought to stand up without apology. And you just keep going and preaching the word of God. You do it week in, week out. If they hate you, you keep preaching to them and you keep loving you. If they talk ugly to you, you keep loving them you keep preaching to them. I mean, if they abuse you, you just keep loving them and you just keep preaching to them until God calls you away. He calls you away, then go and say hallelujah. But until he calls you away, you keep loving and you keep preaching. Amen. Amen. That's what God has said to do. And I, I believe that from the depths of my soul. Now listen to me. What, now, now think about this. What's the mark for what God wants him to do with his mission? I, I, I believe you look at verse number 5. The Bible says, listen, they some they ain't going to like it. They're going to run somewhere else. They'd rather hear little stories. They'd rather hear chicken little soup for the soul. Huh? Right? Come on. You want me to list, list some other books out there? They're not. You say, Brother Grant, we got to get done. We're all right. You're all right. The mark. I'll talk about the mark of your mission. You're to watch. Wise pastor is going to observe. Look at verse number five. 
Watch down all things. You gotta watch from within, you gotta watch from without. But let me tell you, instead of watching everybody from just within and worry about, you gotta do that. You gotta watch from the wolves from the outside. But I tell you who you better watch for anybody. Is yourself. Self. Hardest person I have to worry about to deal with every day is Grand Harper. Every day. Every day. I better watch my family. Watch my family. Because it's easy. Just get busy and caught up with ministry. I'm not treating my wife the way I should. I'm not giving my kids the attention that they need. Sometimes I think, my goodness, I don't have time to take you deer hunt. I don't have time to run you here. I don't have time to ball practice. I don't have time. And, and, and sometimes I really think it cramps my, my schedule and I, puts me behind. But I got news for you. That's the most important ministry you will have is your family. So you watch all things. You keep your eye on the prize right there. There's no one more important to you right now than this little lady right here. Amen. I believe that. Now, now uh, let me say this. Not only does he watch all things, uh, but uh, but you you be busy working. Contrary to popular belief, the pastor works more than one hour a week. If someone was faithful at church, they'd understand he works three hours a week. Okay. <laughs> Amen. Yes, I believe that. Let me just say, hey, listen, look at verse number five. Do the work of evangelists. Make full proof of thy ministry. Listen, you, there's some things you're to be doing. You are to make full proof of your ministry. And sometimes with that, you have to endure criticism. You have to endure some suffering along the way. you you, you got people that you love them, and sometimes they're upset with you. And you still got to be their friend. So I want you to understand, you got to study, you got to prepare. You go through storms. They go through storms. They come to you. Sometimes it's hard for you to go to them. Sometimes you go through your storms alone. Now, I want to say to you, ministry is not easy. You may help a bunch of people bear their burdens, and I know church members will say, Brother Grant, you come to us. I appreciate that. But sometimes, as pastor and these preachers tell you, you don't have someone you can go to. There's sometimes that you even shield your wife to protect her. And it's not easy. And it's not for the faint of heart. And, and I'm saying to you, it's not an easy life. And if, if, if you have any hint that God's not called you, and I don't believe you do, I tell you to get out. Uh, man, I had a preacher tell me one time, he said, someone come to him and asked him, said, if your sons said that God called the ministry, what would you do? He said, I'd tell them to run. Huh? If God's in it, God didn't call him. He's going to get him. I mean, he got Jonah. He can probably get me or you or get one of my boys. But if they, not, they can get away, probably the best thing in the world for them. Amen? I believe that. Listen, it, 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 but even though I say there's all these perils, there is nothing greater than to be handpicked by the almighty, sovereign creator of the universe to preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. There's nothing better in the world. Amen? Man, we ought to do it. Just preach it. Not only is he endure, he, he is to be a witness for God. He is evangelized sinners. Mark 16, 15, just going to the world, preach the gospel to every creature. We have no prejudice against that. Preach to everyone. Preach the gospel. And you listen, verse 5 tells us you, you are to do the work of an evangelist. Do afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Listen, it's not just preaching in the pulpit. It's Johnny on the street. Huh? It's a little kid down the road. It's it's somebody you work with. Somebody comes in up there at Auto Pro. Tell them about the Lord. You get opportunity. Amen. Just just be faithful to what God has called you to do. Now we, we talked about the mark of your mission. I don't talk about the mark of your, of your ministry. Look look at look at this. Verse seven tells us this. Paul, Paul verse six, he says, "For I'm now ready to be offered." He realized his time was at hand. 
He realized that his life has like been offered. It's like his life has been poured out. His life has been an offering for God. His life had been spent for God. Literally spent for God. But verse 7 says something interesting. I fought a good fight. May I say to you, ministry, you've got to be a fighter. You've got to be a fighter. The, the word fight, has it probably comes from the Greek games, probably the Ispian games where they fought and struggled. In, in, the, in the wrestling games, the loser had his eyeballs gouged out. Can you imagine the struggle that uh, an athlete would put in to win a match knowing that he may lose his eyeballs? It's a struggle. And it calls for intensity. It calls for, for heart. You've got to have the heart of a champion. And the Bible says here that Paul says, I've fought a good fight. Man, you've got to fight the good fight of faith. The man of God is to be a fighter. He's got to stand up for the truth. He's got to stand up against error. He's got to stand against wrong. He's got to be able to stand up on the Bible and convictions. And you've got to have enough courage to say, you know what, the Bible's right and I'm wrong. Huh? Man, I'll tell you, if you've not changed your convictions, why not? One iota since you got into ministry, you're not studying. Amen. You've got to have the courage. You know what I see a lot of guys? Uh, listen, I, no, no, you do that compromise. I'm going to tell you, you stay by the Bible. Let it be your final authority. It will change you. You be a fighter, you be a finisher. And I, I, I like what he says. I, if I'm now ready to be off, the time of my departure is at hand. He realized that his departure is at hand. But look at verse 7. I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. We know he's speaking of, of race. He's finished the course that God has set before him. He stayed with it until he was done. Listen, he completed what God called him to complete. He left nothing undone that God called him to do. He stayed by it. He wasn't a quitter. He's a finisher. May I say to you, our desire ought to be, Brother Joseph, when we finish and when we preach our last sermon, and when they close, well, even close that lid, brother, when, they, when we finish our last sermon and God calls us home, what I want to hear is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But everything else, hey, stay by the stuff. Just say he's perfect. Just stay by it. Let me... Say to you, not not only is he to be a finisher, you're to be faithful. You're to be faithful. You you look in verse seven. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. He's vigilant. He protected the truth that God had given him. You have a, a solemn duty tonight. I, I charge you, and these men will too, that you are to protect and preserve the truth of God's word without apology. May I say to you, being God's man is not always easy. What you've endured secretly, one day God's going to reward you open. Believe that. Believe that. Listen, you're, you're to be vigilant. You ultimately be victorious. And I want to say to you, Joseph, be the man of God. I want to say that the world, the church, people in this community, people in this state, people in our nation, they need the man of God. Whether they realize it or not, People are not going to understand you. Sometimes your family won't understand you. Sometimes your wife won't understand you. Sometimes it won't make sense what God is leading you to do. I believe you'll give her peace in the whole thing. But listen to me. You're going to look at things differently. People will look at you differently. You're going to be misunderstood. Be misunderstood. Be the man of God. You see, I want to tell you, if I, if I could have summed it up four, four things right here in this chapter, there's a life to be spent for the glory of God. There's a fight to win in the cause of Christ. There's a race to be run, and ultimately there's a crown to be received. Go receive your crown. Receive your crown. Be the man that God has called you to be. Paul says, I charge thee, therefore, before God. And so do I tonight. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful that the Word of God is real.
we're thankful, God, that we can stand by it. I pray, God, that you would help Brother Joseph to have courage, help him to have conviction, help him to say the word of God is true.